All right. So worship team, I was just curious, is that the first time that all of you guys have led together? Yes. Thank you. That was really good. Do all of you play and sing and do what you did normally, or is that new? Anybody first time you've ever done that? Old school, huh? That's why it was so smooth. Thank you. It just helped set my heart in the right spot. How many of you guys are morning people? I am so sorry. I don't relate to you at all. I wake up about 1 o'clock. That's when my brain starts going. The other day, on Sunday, I got to share with the high school, and I shared at 9. And that is the most mellow I've ever been sharing anything because I was only half awake, so you can't even be nervous at 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was thinking through different topics that I'd love to talk to you about, and there's, there's literally so many. I just had a hard time deciding. I thought I could share everything that I know about the Greek language with you. And now I have. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so I'm not going to wow you with my knowledge this morning for sure. I would love to wow you with who God is this morning, though. And I was thinking, what's the best way to do that? Because you guys know a lot of stuff, right? When you get to study. I envy you the amount of time you get to study and look at God's Word each week. Um, but I'm probably not going to wow you with my Greek language or that kind of knowledge, but uh, the one thing that I love coming back to is to share my story and sharing what God's done because it's amazing, and I don't get credit for any of it. Um, his consistency through my life uh, has been uh, something that when I started preparing this a few weeks ago, it actually came from talking with our kids one evening after dinner, and I thought, you know, I just haven't really told them too much about ways God has answered prayer, and so I just kind of started back when I first started walking with God and going through and saying, man, here's a way he answered prayer. And by the time we were done, I noticed that Jessica, my 13-year-old, was kind of, she's like, she's like, yeah. <laughs> it's literally what she did. The table, she's like, yes. And she was excited about it. And that's what happens when you just pay attention. But sometimes we just forget to look back, right? We don't take that time. So I hope that this causes you to do a couple things. Number one, I hope it really just makes you want to talk to God. Like, just, I want to go and talk with God uh, because we can. And I hope it makes you look at how you talk to God. What are the things that you're bringing to him? Why would you want to? So, so with that, maybe we could just start. And I, I know that we can get busy. Even looking at the Bible, we can get busy. But we can get ahead of ourselves. And we can not stop and take a breath. So why don't you do this with me? Everybody just take a breath. Just... <sighs> All right. It's just a nice exercise, isn't it? And now why don't you take just the same breath and maybe quietly ask God to show you what he might want to show you this morning because I, I don't have the ability to change your heart, but God has that ability. But I never presume that we're all in that place where we're really teachable. That's something that has to happen between you and him. So would you just take a couple, you know, just a couple moments and say, Lord, just if there's anything in my heart this morning I need to get right. Maybe you've been frustrated already today or impatient with somebody. Maybe you've been lazy and you just need to make some things right. So take a second and do that so that we can get on with what he wants us to hear this morning. God just teach us this morning what you'd have, and 
help me to get out of the way so that you can say what you want to these people. And we have so much to learn when we sit at your feet and we sit and look at your word to find you. So help us to remember that purpose as we study each week and as we meet together that it's really to know you. Amen. What, what could I say this morning that would help us remember that God is real and that very likely this morning in our presence are angelic beings who are very concerned with the glory of God? You know, we have different lenses that we can look through in science, and you can see colors and spectrums, and it shows up things. But what if we could see what was happening in the spiritual realm this morning and physically have that manifestation? Would it change how we talk to God? Uh, now, he promises that it's true, so we have to take it by faith, right? That he lives in us. We have to take this by faith, but we don't, have, we don't see that reflection in the mirror necessarily. We see this sinful person. We say, how can that be? So we can be filled with doubt. But as you look through your life, I would ask you, if you know a lot of things about God, do you know God? And is that reflected in your prayer life? So I thought this morning it might just be fun to give you a quick story of how I came to Christ and then share specific ways that God has answered prayer and been faithful throughout. Uh, when I was a kid, I was the can-do kid. You know, I was the kid that was hyper. We didn't have ADD back then, but I would have been. I was probably the one that started the, the question. You know, there seems to be a problem. Maybe that's a condition. <laughs> uh, my mom was pretty happy to send me to kindergarten because I was just so active she couldn't stay ahead of me, and that gave like 10 other people to entertain me for a couple hours. And uh, my mom was also the one to pray next to the bed when I was sick, and I remember that, and it was real to me. So I was seeing a picture of Christ working and his faithfulness even as a little kid. But I was a can-do kid, and the phrase, I got this, would have been one that I would have probably owned back then. I got this. You know, track meet, I got this. Blue ribbon, yep, going to go get that. Basketball, going to go get that. And I love basketball. I know that there will be a great court in heaven, and I will probably be at least 6'1". Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd be disappointed if this was a glorified body. You know? <laughs> Uh, God really took that out of me by the time I was in eighth grade. I had had some health issues that, it was just interesting, it all kind of came to a pinnacle because I had believed God. I believed him in Romans when he says all of us are sinful, we fall short of the glory of God. I got that and I didn't have to look very far. You know, I'd swear at my brother and we'd fight and I pretty much knew that was true. And I also believed that if I confessed my sins that he'd forgive me for that. And so I confessed and confessed and confessed in this unending spiral and then I'd confess that I'd Okay, my motivation wasn't completely pure when I confessed, so would you forgive that too? And so I had a pretty active brain. You guys know what I'm doing there? Have you ever done that? I couldn't quite get to peace with him, but I did, I did believe him. Well, by the time I was in eighth grade, I'd made some new friends. They taught me how to get in trouble, and so I was just starting to get good at it. We were going to a birthday party. We were going to look at some stuff I knew we shouldn't look at. We were going to smoke some cigarettes, which I know my mom probably would not have been happy about that. And I was going to get in trouble intentionally, and it was a little different for me because it was really ahead of time. I knew we were going to get in trouble. Um, but right in the middle of the afternoon, when it was just going to start getting good, I had to go to Helena to get some testing for epilepsy. And I couldn't think of a less cool disease to be treated for. Right? Like, who's broken your arm before? Have you broken your arm? And it's so cool because you get the cast, and people sign it and like, recognize your cool injury. Yeah, I played basketball. I broke my wrist. It's pretty painful want to sign my injury. <laughs> you know, what I was doing was if I had to get a, a fever or get sick, the first way I'd find out is I'd pass out. It's just not that cool to tell your friends about it. 
because they start like, well, are you going to do that now? <laughs> That's kind of weird. And I didn't do it all the time, but I did it just enough when I'd get sick that the doctor's like, yeah, we should check that out. And they did. I mean, there's a long story to that as well that I won't get into, but I'm still here. I got my driver's license in high school, so it wasn't as bad long term as what I might imagine. But at eighth grade, it was profound because it was the end of I got this. Right? My mortality got pressed in in a real way, and I realized, wow, I, I don't got this. <laughs> and he started to get my attention, and even though I had believed him before, the seriousness of the gospel and the fact that I was going to meet God someday started to be pressed in on me. And so God changed me even before I could pray, right? Isn't that what he did with each of us? He comes in and, and violates that free will that we think we have, and he makes us new in spite of us running the opposite direction. And that's what God did with me. He gave me a desire to talk to him. And so one of the first things that happened uh, when I started walking with him is I wanted to tell other people because the first prayer that I remember him answering is he took the shame. So I asked to forgive him forgiveness and he took away the shame and that embarrassment that I had and I remember him pressing that question on me that wow if the gospel's really true it seems like that changes everything but that wasn't what my life looked like I was embarrassed to talk about Jesus and so were my classmates and it just didn't make sense I'm like well look if, if I was outside of a building and a guy took a bullet for me pretty sure I would spend the rest of my life talking about that guy right it's just logical. You wouldn't hide that fact. So it made no sense to me that I or my friends would be ashamed of Jesus Christ or this message of salvation. And as, as he connected the dots on that and started answering real prayer, that just became more and more real that this, he is the real deal. He is the God of the universe and he has plans and he's even letting me participate in them just like Ephesians 2 says. Right? He's prepared works ahead of time that we'd walk in them. That's amazing. Not only does he come in and change me, but he actually sets up a purpose and a mission for my life. So as I began to pray for my classmates, kind of the first thing I prayed is, well, what do you want me to do? Isn't that where we start? What's, what's the first thing? What's my plan here? Um, and I did what everybody does. I started a Bible study, and I'm going to a Christian high school. So that's a little awkward because we're all supposed to be saved. Right? We were actually known as just as big a partying school at that time as the secular schools, and my friends were talking about it every week, so I knew that that was kind of baloney. But, okay, God, you want me to start a Bible study? So I remember, how does that even work? I'm a sophomore, I think, is about how old I was, 15. There's seniors in the school, so I hate public speaking, so that even the thought uh, of, of being in front of people in eighth grade, I was elected class president, and, and that's horrible. Why would my friends do this to me? Right? <laughs> So, so I'm in front of the eighth grade class and asking my teacher, so what am I supposed to do? And he said, well, call the meeting to order. I said, well, how do you do that? He says, well, say it. I call this meeting to order. Okay, so I did that. and I, Literally, step by step, he had to just walk me through it because all I could think is all these eyes are on me, and I hated that. And in spite of that, God asked me to kind of cut down this limb that I'm standing on, right? Isn't that what he does? We hold this idol up, whether it's our reputation or fame or our comfort or our money. And he says, come and follow me, just like the rich young ruler, the thing he's trusting in his money. For me, it's my reputation and not looking like an idiot in front of people. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to screw that up if I stand up in front of him. <clears throat> so I have to saw off that limb of security that I'm standing on and, and lead a Bible study. But the thing is, this joy that I had, I couldn't dispute. God had changed me, and so my fear of people was overwhelmed by the joy I had from not being afraid anymore of, of what people thought, and he's slowly changing those things. So I'm praying in the locker room in high school, and 
I'm on my knees in the locker room praying, God, what do you want? You know, what, what's going to happen? Help me through this. I'm terrified. Didn't have anybody there with me. It's just me and him. And I go into the library a little bit later, and there's 45 kids waiting to be in this Bible study out of 90 kids in the school. I'm like, and they didn't even know me, you know? I mean, this wasn't like, wow, they've seen this huge transformation. Lonnie, there's just a hunger there that they, they wanted to see something different. And so that was just one way uh, that God started my walk with him. Uh, some other simple ways that I had prayed. Some things he answered quickly. Sometimes he took longer. I remember praying one time, how much money do you want me to put in the plate today, God? Really simple one, right? I prayed for a girl that I knew had gotten caught in sin and wasn't sure what to do with that. I prayed for another friend who was one of the guys I was going to get in trouble with that day, and I knew he was not walking with the Lord, but I was just overwhelmed with concern, like, wow, I really, really want to know he's okay with God. So I started praying for him. I prayed about a sin in my life that I knew I had to talk to my mom about because I was hiding and I was a fraud. It, that was really scary because, you know, any of these, you start looking at the implications. If you pray for this, he might ask you to participate in the solution, right? Isn't that the point? So a lot of these were me standing on that limb, getting ready to cut it off. I prayed for an opportunity to share the gospel on an airplane one time. That's kind of like prison ministry, right? Because they can't go anywhere. <laughs> so I, I prayed for that. I prayed when I got fatigued as a senior about that same Bible study. I didn't know if I could keep going. It's pretty tired. It's pretty uh, worn out by then. I prayed for a Christian comedian that I knew who had fallen out of ministry. And I hadn't even met him. I just heard him, but I heard the story, and I was praying for him on the way to a festival one time. I, played, I prayed that I could play basketball for the MSU Bobcats in the field house. That was my dream, playing in the field house. I uh, prayed for a girl I wanted to marry over and over and over and over again. <laughs> I prayed for my own health issues and for finances and for my music career. I prayed about fear of work. I could see when I was 18 that I was kind of scared of a boring job, and I just I saw it as a character flaw, and it concerned me, so I prayed about that. Uh, more recently, I've been praying with some guys that were working here at Grace Bible with on our discipleship ministries for the adults here, and praying for our leaders, and praying for our people, and just that God would give us open hearts so that we'd be who he wants us to be as a church. All those things are things I prayed about. So how did he answer? Well, I've already told you the Bible study was one way, him just providing hungry people that's what he's about, right? If you want to engage hungry people, God's the one that provides those, and he did. How much money do I put in the plate? I had like 20 bucks in my pocket. I was about a junior in high school. And God, you how much would you like me to give today? And I was just convinced he wanted me to give it all. You know? So I did. Uh, Ten minutes later, I walked down from the balcony, and my aunt met me at the bottom of the stairs and said, hey, I wanted to give you 40 bucks for that tour that you're going on. I was like, Whoa. So God has kind of given me some easy ones, right? I'm young in my faith, and he's just encouraging some, some quick answers, and those are always fun when they come. Uh, prayed for that girl who was stuck in sin, and, and usually this has just happened to me and God. I'm reading scripture, and then I'm asking him how he wants me to pray, and so the people I'm meeting with every day, I just have a burden for these people because I know joy. The thing is, now I know joy instead of the cheap happiness I did before, and it wasn't okay with me that other people didn't have it. So I didn't really have to get told to go share my faith. I couldn't imagine not sharing it. How could I not share this with people? So I prayed for her, and I called her on the phone and just kind of walked through that subject with her and told her I was praying for her. And uh, I don't know what he did. I don't know how much he answered that, what, what he said there, yes or no. 
So it doesn't always come quick, right, when we pray. Uh, my buddy who, was, who had uh, gotten in a lot of trouble, who was inviting me to participate, we kind of went on separate paths by the time I was a freshman, sophomore, and I called him up one night after just, being, just praying for him and being burdened with his situation, said, man, I'm praying for you. I don't even know how to say this, but where are you at with Jesus? That's all I knew how to ask. And he said, well, I, I'm just not sure right now. I just, it's not connecting for me. I said, well, I'm praying for you. you know, and if you ever want to talk, I'd love to talk to you. And you got to know I'm terrified. Most of these prayer requests, as I went down and I reflected later, I'm like, I was praying for stuff that I was terrified to do every single time. That's not stuff I would have done naturally. I just play basketball and graduate, you know, that would, and maybe get married to my girlfriend later, but that would have been enough. And God just presses in and says, no, that's not enough. There's, there's more joy to be had. I prayed about, oh, I, sh I should finish that wrap up. So by the time we're juniors, three years later, Marshall's mom gets killed in a car wreck. And he's got all these buddies he's around all the time. And he calls me at 7 o'clock at night. I'm at a friend's house. He tracks me down at a friend's house to call me and ask if I would go see his mom in the funeral home with him. He was like the most popular kid in school. He could have had 100 kids go do this. Why would he call me? We haven't talked really in three years. But somehow that conversation we had stuck out in his mind that I wanted something more for him. And so God is faithful, isn't he? Three years later, it's a long time. And in college later, he calls me up and wants to hang out even more. And he's still pressing, trying to figure stuff out. And he wants to know what I know about Jesus. I prayed about situation I knew I needed to talk to my mom about, and I also knew I didn't have the guts to start the conversation. I just didn't. Too embarrassing. I don't want to do this. This is horrible. And I, okay, God, I know what you want me to do. I just can't do it. So you need to help me. And I was really afraid he would answer that prayer. <clears throat> and he did about eight hours later. I walk upstairs. And I'm getting ready for school. The next morning, my mom asked me, do we need to talk about anything? I don't, rem I don't remember her asking that before. That's like the only time I can think of her really saying, is there something on your mind we need to talk? And maybe it was just, I knew it was coming, I knew God, and so she could see something was up. And such joy that day, because even though it was uncomfortable and I felt like it didn't get totally resolved, I knew I'd done what God wanted me to do. So I was just kind of floating in God's peace. It's like, whatever, there's nothing, Lord, that you can't handle. There's all these fears I have of being known, of my sin, you're big enough to do all of this. He's just faithful. I uh, made a trip to California one time for a cousin's wedding, and I had to fly, so I prayed for that opportunity to share my faith. And I got on the plane. I didn't expect to get dumped by my girlfriend the night before. <laughs> and it was actually literally just coming on the airplane. Uh, she breaks up with me, and so I'm coming on. I have tears coming down my eyes. Okay. Now, I'm comfortable with crying now, kind of, because <laughs> I lose the basketball all the time. So, so I'm, more, I'm just more at ease with it. But, you know, I'm thinking, please don't send anybody now, because I know you will, because I've asked and I just found out he answers, but today would not be a good day to change that request. And so I walk in, I'm so thankful, there's like two seats next to me, I'm like, oh, there, by myself, nobody here. Guy comes back from the front of the plane and says, hey, I just noticed that you're kind of upset, is everything okay? I'm like, this is the dumbest evangelistic opportunity I could imagine. Right? This is so lame. Couldn't I be cool and you know, I'm going to segue from, yeah, I play basketball and I walk with Jesus. Do you want to know him? You know? No, no, I'm crying. 
right? But isn't that how God works? We think we've got it all together, and that's going to draw people to Jesus, and it's when we don't have it all together. That's when people see something different. And I shared with him, I still had a heart. I wanted him to hear, and I said, well, yeah, I'm actually, it's going to be fine because God's in control, and even though I'm upset, I believe him. I really do, that he's good, even in spite of this difficult time. And, and he's, so he sits down. Next to high school kid. This guy's like 35 years old. He sits down and he starts talking to me. He says, well, why do you know that? And I said, well, he's changed me. He's alive. He really is what the Bible says. And I presented the gospel with him. And I used, I don't know, like three analogies back then, but I pulled one out. And I said, well, it's like this. We can spend our whole life with our ladder up against this you know, tall building of success. And we find out later that it's up against the wrong building. I don't want to do that with my life. And he says, yeah, that's me. I'm 35. I've already climbed this success ladder in business, and I just feel like it's been empty. <laughs> wow. And I said, well, you're not going to believe it, but I have actually was praying for you last night. I just didn't know your name. And he says, well, you're not going to believe this, but last night <clears throat> two Mormon missionaries came to my hotel room and really confused me with a message about God that I just didn't know was true or not, and I was praying that God would send somebody to help me understand the truth. Is this hard for God? None of this is hard for God. It's impossible for us. This is just what God does, you know, when our heart is wanting what he wants. And about the time I was starting to burn out in high school, that was kind of my theme, going to burn out for Jesus. I thought that was a good thing. <laughs> I had a friend later ask me who was more mature. He said, by the way, you know, does Jesus burn out? It's <laughs> like, no. No, actually, so if you're burning out, oh, I'm the problem. Got it. Got it. But I was starting to get to that point as a senior, and I was just getting tired, and I, was, I, I got called into the principal's office. This is a good one for a change. <laughs> and, and me and my cousin were called in there. He said, well, you guys are really close in getting the valedictorian scholarship. Just want to let you guys know uh, going into the senior year. And you know, so it's close right now. We're not sure who's going to get it. We usually tell you by now, but we're not sure. And, and I was just thinking, well, I know my cousin, she's going to work really hard at this, and I haven't even really been thinking about this. I just didn't really care about it. The thing that fired me up was sharing the gospel with people and seeing God do stuff and, and making three-pointers. That was kind of what I was about. <laughs> and, and so I was praying, God, do you want me to, maybe it's time to take a break from the Bible study. Maybe some other people can do it. And I just couldn't stop because that's where my joy had been. So, yeah, yeah I kind of wanted that scholarship. You know, who wouldn't get the free scholarship to MSU first year? get the prestige and all that. But I, just by comparison, I just didn't really care about it. And so I said, no, I'm going to keep getting up at Friday, 5.30 in the morning. I'm going to pick up all these kids. We're going to go to school, and we're going to, we're going to worship together and pray and encourage each other, even as I hardly knew anything theologically. But God was just blessing it, so I decided to stay with it. So here's an interesting answer to that prayer and God being faithful as I'm, I'm giving a talk a few couple months ago over at Heritage, and one of the teachers comes up afterwards and says, man, thank you for not stopping. I said, not stopping what? And she said, well, I was one of the freshmen when you were a senior. Thank you for not stopping. It really helped me through high school to have that example. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. It's like 25 years after the fact. That you find out God was doing stuff you didn't even know. I prayed for a Christian comedian that I told you about. And this one, I know there's a lot of people praying for him, but he, you know, he had some integrity issues, and I was, I was kind of burdened for him as so I was taking him to God. Please work in this situation. Bring people around him. And he didn't show up at the festival because he had issues that he had to work through. But get this, I'm on, a, 
I'm on a, it's kind of a publicity tour for our band, and I'm in Wenatchee, Washington, of all places, and I'm meeting with a gal named Pam Trout, who's an AP writer. She writes for Christianity Today, and she's syndicated and all that. And so we're talking about music, and somehow we just got onto the difficulty of celebrity within the Christian circles and how it ruins people and how easily our pride gets out of control and become useless. And I said, yeah, I remember just being burdened with different performers over the years that I saw, you know, hit the wall and not end well, and somehow this guy's name had come up, and she said, yeah, that's interesting. She said, you want to hear a crazy thing? Is I was at that festival, and he was there, and they called me in and asked me if I would go back and kind of help with this peacemaking thing with him and his wife. And he kind of wanted somebody to bless this divorce they were planning on getting, and I just wasn't having it. So I went in back, and I sorted him out, and showed him the gospel, and led him to scripture, and said, this should not be, and I will not participate in blessing your sin. I'm like, wow. Like, she just laid it on the line, fearless. You know, single gal who's a writer. And so I'm praying for him, and I don't find out what God was doing, but he even lets me find out. <laughs> he even lets me find out. Why would he do that? It's, just, it's bonus, right? I didn't have to, but I run into this lady 25 years later, and we're talking about it and find out God was moving in that situation. So do you trust that he's moving when you can't see it, when you're not sure how he's moving? Will you trust him? Because there are situations that you're just thinking, man, he hasn't moved for a while. I just don't know if he can change that person. Have you given up hope? Have you stopped believing that he can really change people, that he would change people, that he'd use you in the process to do that? Some of those answers come slow. Now, the girl I prayed to marry, uh, I remember praying one time, Lord, if you want me to marry her, help me to pass like three cop cars on the way to her house. <laughs> That's how good my theology was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> right? Help me to pass. I, I think I passed like one. I'm like, well, so you kind of do want me to. Because <laughs> right? if you want to see the answered prayer, you're going to find it, right? You just couldn't see it. And, and I didn't. I didn't marry her. It didn't work out. She ended up going to Iowa with her dad pushing her as fast as he could. And I'm thankful he did because I was not in a position to be married at all. You know, we know from James, it says, you ask and you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And I knew, even when I was praying that, my heart, my conscience was kind of bothering me about that relationship. And so I'm asking in spite of that. I just can't break. And God, in his faithfulness, brings some guys, Blake Shaw and a guy named Lloyd Donaldson, who's roommates with me. I, about, I don't know, six months after that, I'm sitting there and telling them I don't think I can get over this because this is just too tough. You know, people I know that have been together, it was like six years I've been with her. It was a long time. You, you can get really bad thinking habits in that long time. And I remember sharing that I just think, well, it's going to take like three years to get over this girl. So I am pathetic. You know, and when Lloyd one time was walking around his shop and I'm helping him, he's, he's a metal fabricator, and he says, well, Lon, I just think, and you'll probably be able to get over that just as soon as you're not self-centered. <laughs> Everybody else is feeling sorry for me, right? Oh, I can't believe she left. That's terrible, broken up, engagement, poor Lonnie. And he just saw through it because he had done the same thing. So God had walked him through. And he wasn't throwing it as a bomb. You know, he wasn't doing this spiritual one-upmanship. He cared about me. He, wanted, he was just working away and talking with me. Yeah, you know, that'll probably just last as long as you're self-centered about it. God freed me, because I could see. I could see I needed change, and he and his faithfulness fortunately didn't answer my first prayer. 
Right? Garth Brooks has a great song about that, if you ever, not mine, but I mean it's his situation he sings about. Same, same with my uh, health issues and finance issues. We hit a, a wall with my health issues a couple of years ago where it got bad enough where I remember one night I was about halfway up the stairs and just too tired. I just couldn't keep going. I had to stop and rest to make it up the second part of the landing. It's not that big a landing. It's like one story, in case you're wondering how big the steps were. And God had just taken me to that point. We've gone to Mayo Clinic. We've gone to every specialist in Bozeman. We've gone to general practice specialists, naturopathic. If you guys ever want to know about different doctors in town, I've done a personal tour, <laughs> so I'd be happy. And yeah, many times in there, I'd say, Lord, I'd love to be released from this because there's so many things I'd love to do. And I'm sure I could do ministry better if I didn't have these health issues of fatigue and muscle pain. And you know, it's just it's a long and boring list that I can show you sometime if you really want to hear it. And <laughs> sometimes I minimize that. But if you're going through something that's physical, I'd encourage you. God is not accidentally keeping you in that. He's taught me so much, even though he said no in changing that. And you know, one of the big lessons for me in that has been pride. Because I was okay with God doing it as long as he showed me why. You know, if you show me why I need to have this, so I just have this natural entitlement attitude that God owes me an explanation, and he doesn't, does he? He wants me to trust, and as long as I think that he owes me all this, I really can't trust, because I'm, I'm just all about myself at that point. So without giving me expiration date on the health issues, he's just opened my hand and said, okay, so I'm going to be operating around 40% instead of 80 or whatever, and it's okay with God. It's okay, can I rest with that? No, that's something I still struggle with. That's not a done deal. He's still using it. My fear of work, again, Lloyd Donaldson, I watched him just enjoy work, and that was surprising to me because I'd get bored so quickly. I'd watch people and I'd think, I can't imagine having a 40-hour week job. That'd be the worst thing ever, to do the same thing every day. And I remember asking him one time, I said, Lloyd, it doesn't seem like you are afraid of doing the dishes or cleaning your room, or going to work. You actually enjoy your work. And he started walking me through what it meant to rest in Christ and how procrastination, when we take something he gives us right in front of us and we ignore it, that disobedience just really leads to a complaining spirit and can't be happy, so we try and fill it up with all this other stuff. And so I started to be more quick when God showed me something to do to do it. Don't put it off. Serve my roommates by doing the dishes, these little things. And, and it's kind of more profound than a lot of these other things that I'm talking about, like the evangelistic opportunity, because I couldn't see that changing because I knew myself. I knew how ingrained my thinking was when it came to work and getting bored. I'm like, that just seems too hard. I mean, it's one thing to save a guy on a plane that I've never met and bring Mormon missionaries. That's one thing. But changing my, how easy I get bored, that actually seemed harder to me. Are there areas in your life that you've kind of given up hope and thinking, wow, I've just struggled with the sin too long? You know, I, I struggle with this habit of thinking I can't, you know, God's not going to change that. No, he, he changes us. You know, he builds contentment when we find it in him. He is so good. And so more recently I shared that we've been talking about discipleship here at Grace. And some of the prayers have been, Lord, help us. We, you know, we've been around a long time now. We're a bigger church, and so we can get in habits. Would you change us any way that you want to help us to have people knowing each other and getting deeper in fellowship maybe than they've known before. And I was thinking, man, I just don't know if people want this because some of them it's been a while and some of them they haven't even experienced it and I'm praying for it anyway. Scott, I think you want this. Even if they don't want this, I think you want this for them. You want to change their desires. And I've been so happy to see this 
just an appetite in God's people and in, in his leaders and in the elders. Uh, just need to be flexible. If God wants us to change, we change and move where he wants us to move. And I get cynical about leadership. I don't know about you guys. Each year that you get older, you might find that you can get cynical because you see people's flaws more, right? You can see it just gets easier to find out, hey, this leader, that leader has this issue. And yeah, they do. And I do. And God still works in spite of all those flaws. So when I see him answering prayer in his leaders and his church, I just love it. I love it. It gives me great joy. So that's a way that he's been answering that. So the, the very first prayer I told you about that I remembered was, God, are you going to make me give up my high-top tennis shoes and go to Africa? You know, that's the kind of eighth grade I'm thinking. Because you know there's a cost, and the cost is going to be whatever you really want to do. Right? And what I wanted to do is play basketball. And so I'm thinking, yeah, he's going to make me hang him up. I'm going to have to go to Africa. Well, of course, I, now I'd love to go to Africa, take a month off of work. Who wouldn't want that? Go to an adventure, see God do miracles and all that stuff. Well, interesting thing was when I was, you know, as a senior in high school, I tried out for a tour team. And I didn't know if I'd make it or not. There's like 90 guys that tried out. And at that point, I really just wanted what God wanted. So the basketball had finally taken second place like it should. And so I didn't know if I was going to go with this other mission group or this, this basketball team. And I just gave it to God. And sure enough, at the end, he allows me to make this team. And we end up sharing the gospel with people in Denmark and Sweden and Finland and Russia. And it was the first year that right after the wall came down, uh, the teams that went in before me had to all hide their Bibles. We could actually take our Bibles out in front and share our testimonies during halftime. And so Russia at that point is really a third world country. I mean, we kind of felt bad beating the Russians because it didn't even look healthy, right? <laughs> but so God takes this fear that I have of, of giving up this basketball thing. And he says, no, I will use that. Seek first my kingdom, right? First, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And it's just bonus, because the truth is, if I hadn't made it, I had found already that the joy was him. It just wasn't in basketball. Uh, he ended up giving me that scholarship, the valedictorian scholarship, and I didn't expect it. And it didn't make my year, but those people that I spent all that time with, man, I still talk to them, and I still see them. And once in a while, we'll talk about how God used that time. So what are those areas for you? What, what are those areas you might need to cut down that limb that you're standing on and, and go and ask God, okay, I'm going to ask for this, God, but I'm afraid that you might have me talk to somebody or change or have to re, revisit the idea that you bring us hope. What are those ways this morning? Let me just close this in prayer. God, we're just relying on you today to change us and move in us and, and do what you want to do because I see so much frailty. I see it in myself. I see it in your people. So often we're just content, just content with silly stuff that'll never bring happiness, could never bring contentment. Only you bring contentment, God. Lord, you said in John 15, if you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. That's what you've said. Would you help us to understand that? Help us not to water that down. Help us to press in until we know you so well intimately that we really do pray without ceasing, that we don't stop, that our communion with you is not interrupted by our sin our selfishness in the world, 
Would you teach us what it means to die daily to ourselves, to that influence that we want to take back control, pretend that we're the boss? I'm so excited to think of what you might do through the people in this room for your glory. You're a great God. We give you praise today because you are a great, awesome, worthy God. In Jesus, amen.